Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on 8. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com Network. Scout has some of the best NFL and college football news you will find anywhere on God's green earth. And yes, I'm also still better than the horse whisperer cold. So pardon me as I literally yell at you guys for the next 15 minutes to bring you up to date on the green and gold. And we'll start off with first down, and that once again will be the return of Jordy Nelson. Some big news yesterday on, on that front. Early in practice, they had their combo drill. We're at one half of the field. It's the it's the big guys run the ball, and the other end of the field, it's the quarterbacks throwing the ball to the receivers who are covered by defensive backs. Early, on the very first play of that drill, Jordy Nelson lines up in the slot, streaks down in the middle of the field, catches the ball from Aaron Rodgers, from about, probably about 20 yards down the field. Crawl goes crazy. A little bit later, Nelson is lined up outside against Sam Shields. Nelson starts to go up to the left sideline, stops. The ball is there in an instant for another completion. And then later, it is again Nelson against Shields. Nelson goes in on a crossing route. Rodgers to Nelson again for a third completion. That basically was Jordy Nelson's day. Didn't do any 11-on-11 stuff. Didn't really do any hard drills um, other than that. But if these were in full speed, these are pretty darn close to it. So it's a it's a... Get another step in the right direction for Nelson. The question all along for Nelson and Rodgers has been, how long will it take you guys to get back on the same page and rebuild that that renowned chemistry that made them one of the NFL's dynamic duos? And Rodgers got his answer pretty quickly. First, I'll take you to the question, the very last question of Rodgers' press conference at his locker yesterday. I, I asked him just that. I said, you guys have six practices left. Is that going to be enough time to get ready for Jacksonville? And Rodgers goes, yeah, yeah, it is. Like you said, we've got a 1,000 reps together. I threw a ball to him today. He did a one-on-one drill against Sam, and I quipped to Alex. That'd be quarterback's coach Alex Van Pelt. I quipped to Alex. I said, quote, I could throw that ball with my eyes closed because I know exactly where he's going to be. It's the beauty of us playing together for a long time. So after the crowd dispense, I asked Rodgers which route that was, and that was the, the second player that I described where Nelson went up the sideline, stopped, and the ball was right there for the completion. For what it's worth, the stop route and the crossing route would have required Nelson to plant with his left knee. That would be the knee with the tendonitis and put him on the PUP list. It is not the, the torn ACL knee. So, you know, I don't know if there's anything to read into that, but I thought I would throw that out to you guys. Again, and as I, you know, like I pointed out to Rodgers, there's six practices to go. I'm, I'm not entirely sold here that Nelson's going to be able to get from where he's at now to play any full. 50, 60, 70 snaps a game workload against Jacksonville here in about two and a half weeks. But again, you know, this is a team that has its focus purely on November and December football. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're convinced they're going to make the playoffs and they have greater goals in life than 
than going out and playing their best football in September. So if Nelson's not ready, I mean, first, first Nelson's not going to play in a preseason, I don't think. So if his first game action's in week one and he's not taking a full complement of snaps until week, I don't know, three, four, six, who knows, something like that. Man, I don't think it matters. I mean, the the important thing for these guys is to have Jordy Nelson at his best when the games are at their biggest. And, you know, that he's going to play is great. And I, th- and I think he's, I think they're on the right path. I think, and I think they're taking the, the wise approach here. I mean, there's absolutely no reason to rush Nelson back because they're going to have to win football games as it is probably. I mean, the addition of Jared Cook offsets some of the things that killed the offense last year. These guys will be fine. If Nelson's playing 20 snaps early in the year, so be it. Okay, and a second down, that is an injury update. And like I said, I'm not going to bore you guys with these things every day, but I, this is something I find interesting. They had nine guys mispractice yesterday on an about 88-man roster. I don't think the Packers have ever been so healthy. You know, and you should probably be knocking on wood at this point. But I don't think these guys have ever been this healthy, this close to a football season. And I think... It's been a very, very, very light training camp schedule. You know, going back to the to the Hall of Fame games. I mean, they don't have a Hall of Fame game, and then you you would think that McCarthy would schedule some a practice there afterward to make up for it. But he didn't. He kept the, the, all those days off, so they had what, four or five days off there. They're supposed to practice on Saturday, as in this past Saturday, and he said to cancel that for a, what he called a team exercise. So it was another. It gave the Packers another three-day stretch of Friday, Saturday, Sunday without practicing. Look, it's it's hard to get hurt. <laughs> Excuse me. It's hard to get hurt if you're not practicing. And once again, I think this is McCarthy with his eye on on bigger things. You know, it's a lot easier to win football games when you're healthy. To say it's the obvious, but you know, two two noteworthy things on the injury report. One was Corey Lindsley still in the PUP list with that hamstring issue. For the first time in training camp, Lindsley talked. And the guy is really frustrated. He hasn't played since since the playoff game against Arizona in August. He said, quote, Yeah, it's been frustrating, but you can only control what you can control. I've just been working my butt off at it, but you can't make it heal any faster. Lindsay said that, you know, he said out all the offseason stuff, too. And he said in July, during that break between the, you know, between the offseason practices and training camp, he said he, he aggravated the injury again, and that's been the, the big problem. He just hasn't been able to get back on track with it. And He said it's a tear, but then he pointed out that basically any muscle injury is a tear. He said surgery is not an option at this point, and he, is, he doesn't think it's going to be a season-ending deal, but he's just frustrated, and he certainly took the, the news that J.C. Treader is going to be the starter in stride. I mean, I, I think Lindsley's a realist here that – you, you can't start if you can't play, and you, 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 you can't start if you can't practice. As he said, there's nothing I could do about it. I'm not out there practicing. They've got to go with who's practicing, and J.C. is a great player, and I think everybody knows that. Nothing I could do about it, obviously. I'm out there competing with the guys, and just like Mike said, availability is important. I'm confident in what I can do, and I've shown what I can do. So you just got to go rest back on your confidence and then get healthy. Another injury of note, rookie first-round pick, Kenny Clark, out with a sore back. He didn't think it was a big deal. He's pleased with, he's pleased with his progress at this point. This is obviously an injury, I think, worth monitoring just because Green Bay's defensive line is so thin. Mike Daniels, Latroy Guyon are the starters in, in their nickel package, and, and rookie fourth-round pick, Dean Lowry, joins them in the 
it's been joining them in the in the base three four defense. But you know, it's it's Daniels, Clark, Lowry, and and Kenny Clark. I mean, those are those are the four they're going to be leaning on, and they're going to need Clark full go. But like I said, he is pleased with where he's he is pleased with where he's at. He said, "quote Yeah, I'll be ready. I'll definitely be ready. The only thing I can control is to go out there and work, and that's just what I'm going to do." We've got three weeks until that point, so I'm not worried about it. So, you know, speaks, you know, speaking of D line, we'll we'll stick with the D line here for a second. Who's gonna be number five? Well, Mike Daniels is out with an illness. Not my fault, but he's out with an illness and with Clark out too. So on their nickel package yesterday, it was Latroy Guyon and Christian Ringo as that number one pair. So if you're wondering, it's gonna be Ringo, it's gonna be Brian Price. Is that fifth guy going into the season with Mike Pinnell suspended? At this point, it appears to be Ringo. But I'm telling you, I'm not convinced that the number five D lineman is on this roster yet. And if there's a position where you could go sign a guy, but I think I think final cuts are September 3rd. You know, if there's a position where you could sign a guy on September 4th, September 5th, and have him ready to go by the by the opener gets on September 11th, it's D line. I mean, I remember back in 2010, when the Packers were got. Hit hard by defensive line injuries, and they signed, and they signed. Uh, oh crap! What's the guy's name? Howard Green. Jeez, total. Can't blame that on sickness. But I blame that on being old. Um. Anyways, they signed Howard Green before the before a midseason game against the Jets, and Mike Turgovac spent, uh, you know, the night before the game in a hotel room, teaching Howard Green the ch- the play with with chairs standing in for teammates and offensive linemen, and. As you recall, Green turned to a key performer and he won the key plays in the Super Bowl victory when he hit Roethlisberger on Nick Collins' pick six. So, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not convinced their fifth guy is on this roster. We'll, we'll see how, you know, maybe, maybe Ringo can solidify this. But he's had a, eh, okay camp. I mean, but he's, I mean, he had ample opportunity in this last, his last game against the Raiders in, in a pass rushing role, which really is his shtick. I mean, he, he had the safety in the Cleveland game, but didn't do much against Oakland. So. Opportunity is there. Is he going to answer? We'll find out. This segment of Locked On Packers is brought to you by PackerReport.com and Scout.com. Scout's fantasy site is host of the World Fantasy Championships, and our fantasy insiders have helped a lot of people make a lot of money. And if your company is interested in talking to men between the ages of 18 to 44, you really should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked On Packers is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want men 18 to 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are reasonable. Email me at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com to find out more. On the third down, and that's Clay Matthews and Julius Peppers. And today being the day that Dose 2 interview at the NFL regarding allegations of performance-enhancing drug use, stemming from an Al Jazeera America documentary that aired back in December. As you know, the NFL dropped quite the verbal ultimatum at those guys here a week or so ago. Submit to submit to this investigation or else. And as you'd expect, the players and the NFL Players Association folded like an accordion on this one. So today will be the day, as quarterback Aaron Rodgers said yesterday, quote, it'll be nice for the for those guys to get it behind them and move forward without this hanging over their heads. Now, you can think whatever you want about this, and I, I think smart and logical minds can have varying opinions on this. But what we don't know is what the NFL does know. Does the NFL have any real evidence here, or is the, evidence, or is the NFL just investigating based on a on a documentary, albeit a documentary in which the star, quote-unquote, witness recanted everything he said. 
So we'll, we'll find out. Peppers and Matthews talked today. The former Packers linebacker Mike Neal, who, according to the documentary, was the guy who got tight with Charlie Sly, the anti-aging and anti-aging clinic intern, and then recruited Matthews and Peppers and other members of the Packers, unnamed members of the Packers at that, into this. Again, does the NFL have evidence, or is the NFL just hoping to see if Matthews, Peppers, and Neal are saying the same things? Obviously, it's a huge, huge deal for this football team. And Green Bay might be loaded outside linebacker, but they don't have two guys who are going to combine for 20 sacks like Matthews and Peppers are going to do. Matthews and Peppers haven't talked to us since the first day of training camp. They didn't talk to us yesterday. And I don't suppose they're going to talk to us today either, but it'd be interesting. It'd be, it'd be great to be a fly on the wall and see what gets said here. And, you know, another player inc- implicated in this is Pittsburgh's James Harrison. Harrison has placed all sorts of uh, limitations in a lot of questions and it has to be specifically to this documentary. I mean, who knows if Matthews and Peppers have done the same, but it'd be wise to. Because, I mean, I think this is already a bad precedent that the players are, in my opinion here only, this is my opinion, but I think it's a bad precedent for the players to have to submit to an investigation based on a documentary. I mean... As we've talked about before, what's going to stop, say, me from leveling some, you know, allegation at somebody? I mean, I'm, I'm a part of the media. I mean, any, you know, it could be, you know, so it's, it's a way to blackmail players. And and I think Harrison was wise here to say that the question is going to be only about this. You're not going to go fishing about this, 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 and this from down the road or other things that you might have heard from somebody. Ted Thompson last week said he's got the players back, and you got to think that Thompson and Mike McCarthy are going to be having their fingers crossed for a positive result from today. And on the fourth down, that is special teams, and the battle of puncher continues to brew. Special teams coordinator Ron Zuck has kind of changed this up, where on Monday, Tim Massey took all the punts and ended up being 14, excuse me, ended up being 15. On Tuesday, his challenger, Green Bay native Peter Mortel, took all the punts and wound up being 18. So some of this is apples to oranges here because it was varying conditions. When Day punted, he had a wind at his back, a slight wind. When Martel punted yesterday, I mean, he had wasn't a full-blown gale, but you know, I, I you know, I, I'm not a, I don't know how to measure wind on my iPhone, but it, you know, just to throw out some numbers, if Day's wind was 10 miles an hour, I would, I would guess Martel's was 20. It was probably twice as strong as what I'm getting at. So, on his 18 punts, Martel averaged 57. Point nine yards per punt, 57.9. He had uh, eight punts, eight of his 18 went 60 plus yards. Massey, again with a, a lesser wind, averaged 46 yards a punt. So that's plus 12 yards per punt for Martell. So just based on those numbers, you figure, well, this is advantage Martell, right? And this is further evidence that Massey's time in Green Bay might be up. Well, well, my iPhone does measure his hang time, and I mean, this is why Mortel's not going to win the job, and why Massey is going to win the job. Mortel's punts average hang time of 3.97 seconds. Massey's was an average of 4.45 seconds. That's a half second per punt. I mean, that is that is just huge. I mean, that's you're 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 letting your guys get what another five yards on the field in, in, in that amount of time. And Mortel had of Mortel's 18 punts. Eight had hang times less than four seconds. Man, I'm sorry. You, you look here. Here's one of us punched yesterday. Sixty yards, 
3.95 seconds. Another one, 66 yards, 3.81 seconds. I mean, you're flirting with disaster if you're kicking the ball that far with that little play time or hang time. Here's another one, 63 yards and 3.55 seconds. And the guy hit some beauties, too. He had a 58-yarder with 4.80 hang time, which basically landed on the sideline. Just a, a perfect punt. Mortel's got the leg to do this. I really like his directional ability, but he's he, I, he's just not ready for prime time. And again, I don't I don't know why people have such a dislike for Mass Day. I mean, he is he owns the top five spots in the Packers record book in net punting. I'm sorry, people. Net punting is the only thing that matters. I don't care how far you kick the ball. The only thing that matters is the swing of field position. And, and Massey owns the top five spots, including setting their record last year. He's a heck of a good punter. And I, you know, if, I, if I'm the Packers, I'm going reliable. I'm not saying Massey's had a great training camp. But he is consistent. He's the guy I'm going with. A couple other things. At this point, it's always interesting to see who's on the special teams. You're getting a little trouble by reading too much into these things but number one kickoff team yesterday three rookies on it safety Kentrell Bryce this is two days in a row for Bryce the undrafted safety from Louisiana Tech he was joined by rookie cornerbacks Macklinton or Mackinton Dorliant and Josh Hawkins so that's three rookies I don't think that means that those three rookies are going to make the team but this could serve as a tiebreaker of sorts of of, of, of who gets in the, on that roster. You know, maybe, maybe Bryce has a shot at the number five, and they want to give Dorian and Hawkins a look as to see if any one of those guys is worth sticking around as a fifth or sixth cornerback. Because I'm telling you, I was talking to one of the guys at practice yesterday. I haven't been totally impressed by by Ladarius Gunter, Robertson, Daniel, a couple of undrafted guys last year who are big physical guys. And, you know, Gunter played a bit last year. Really played well in that Washington playoff game when he had to play. Daniel spent most of the year in the practice squad, got promoted late. I think there's some high hopes for those guys, and I'm not sure they've routinely matched those hopes. Dorland picked off Rodgers yesterday. And that's got to count for something. In fact, it does count for something. I don't know how this works, but I remember cornerback's coach Joe Witt said he's got some sort of chart in his room where he charts all the big plays, but an interception of, say, Joe Callahan doesn't count the same as an interception against Aaron Rodgers. Well, Dorlian sniffed out a pass from Rodgers, broke on it, and got the pick. I talked to Dorlian at his locker yesterday. Big, big, big smile on his face, saying how he uh, disguised his coverage well and fooled Rodgers. So, yeah, I, I would. And, and Hawkins, of course, had the interception against Oakland. You wonder if maybe maybe his kickoff key might be a, a tiebreaker of sorts here for those two guys. We'll see. But again, maybe I'm reading way too much into this stuff too. Kickoff return. Again, Bryce Bryce was on the number one kickoff return yesterday, as was rookie inside linebacker Beniquas Brown, another undrafted guy. On punt return, um, nothing nothing really noteworthy there. Um, Daniel and Gunter on both of those. And on the punt unit, um, or that would be a, a punt return. Yeah, yeah, punt unit. I'm sorry. I can't read my own writing. Um, the, the one noteworthy guy in there would be Hawkins as one of the gunners. And, and Bryce was one of the wings. Um, Bryce, in fact, was at the wing where Gunter gave up the block punt against in the Oakland game. So, Kentrell Bryce is on all four special teams yesterday. That's going to be a great sign for him. And, does, and what does it mean for Hawkins and Durland? Well, 
Let's see how those guys perform, not just on special teams, but in the games against the Niners on Friday and KC next Thursday. You know, a, a solid showing in both phases of those games could get one of those guys on the roster. And that'll wrap up today's episode of Locked On Packers. Be sure to check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to check out my work at PackerReport.com. One of the things I got is in the subscribers-only forums. I've got highlights and observations from every practice of training camp. Lots of great information there that I can't possibly get to in story form or, on, or here, in, here in the podcast. So have a great day, everybody, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.